Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. Um, that's a good thing because it's my show. So I just want to talk about that for a little bit. My show is about the soul of business. And, um, you know, when you start a business, you've got an idea. And what's interesting about that is anything that's ever been invented on this, in this universe, literally, let alone on this planet, started out as an idea. And then it came into fruition. So it's invented two times, ideally two times. It's the second time that I'm interested in here, and this is where the soul of business comes in. Um, my guest today, Biete Shilete, is the founder of uh, something called the Woman's Code, but she's also the growth architect, and she's got an organization called the Growth Architect. And I've had a, the great pleasure of being on her podcast uh, not too long ago. And I absolutely, and I'm going to say this just you know, blatantly here, I absolutely fell in love with who she is. She is just <laughs> not only delightful, but she's incredibly insightful and intelligent. And she walks the talk. And she walks the talk because she's been on the journey. I mean, <laughs> she has skinned her knees. Um, she's done just about anything and everything that an entrepreneur is going to be faced with. And I wanted to bring her on the show today because she is, I mean, she prides herself on being a straight shooter. So I know we're going to get some uh, unvarnished conversation here in one sense, but also I think we're going to find a way in the conversation to actually entice you to really pay attention to what you're doing and how you, in particular as a listener here, how you're showing up in, in what it is that you're doing, because that basically turns the wheel. So, yeah, with further ado here, without further ado, uh, Beate, welcome to the show. Thank you, Blaine, for having me. I was really, really looking forward to this. <laughs> Almost as much as I was. Now, I, I just, I mean, I, I kind of you know, laugh a little bit here as uh, we started the show here. Um, you, know, you were you know, kind of laughing a little bit. You've got a brand new granddaughter. <clears throat> And you had taken her swimming for, I think, the first time in the in the pool. And she's, what, six months old, I believe you said something six like weeks. that? Six weeks. Oh, my God. Six weeks. I, I just heard that. Six <laughs> Toss weeks. the baby in the water. <laughs> Let us see, see if it swims. <laughs> oh, that is, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, holding that little bundle in the water and just being able to be that close to life. I mean, and I mean life in a lot of ways. Water. Life with a newborn infant, life with just the idea. She's an idea. She's an idea that is going to be coming into form and not unlike a business that is just embryonic in form. Now, I'm stretching a metaphor here, uh, and I'm going to use your, your granddaughter as the prop for this, but uh, I, I'm just enthralled with the growth cycle that organizations, that people 
and in particular that leaders take uh, when they decide that they're going to make something happen. So I've got a, a question for you here. I'm just just to launch the show here. When you hear the term the soul of business, which is what the soul of business is, what this podcast is, what does that bring up for you? It brings up uh, actually a lot of anxiety for me because if it is truly solo, then then not solo, ouch. soul, the soul. The soul of oh business. the soul soul so, sorry about that I, for some reason yeah. that was so okay so let's 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 do a cut here and then go back to that yep um, so so I'll just ask the question again when when you hear the, the the phrase the soul of business what does that bring up for you the soul of business is something that has a deep resonance is impact driven is purposeful and gives me something in return. And I think that the soul is, you know, it's like a holistic term in the sense, but if I, if I take, if I bring that home mm -hmm. and I say, what is the soul of my business? Is my soul connected, connected to the soul of the business? That's one of the reasons why we changed our entire mission statement to saying we are growing authority and scaling impact. And we said scale impact instead of saying scaling profits or revenue, because what we realized that we attract a lot of impact-driven entrepreneurs and business owners. And sometimes people have a hard time with the term of the profit. So for me, you know, to answer your question sort of long-windedly, is there there has to be an element in this that has an actual pulse, a soul that I can connect with that's not a business prison, that is something that makes me feel good, that's something that helps other people. I, I love that answer. Uh, and that's unique. I, I haven't heard somebody describe it in this way. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and the idea of scaling for impact, scale impact. Um, you, and I know you retooled the business around that, you know, that, you know, redid the mission around that. What was the catalyst of that move for you to, re, to, to retune the mission? Because that reconnected you back to something I think that was fundamentally profound when you started it. Yes, 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 yes. So the, the backstory to that really is that I was in the women's code very active before COVID, I was doing a lot of keynoting, women empowerment, women leadership. COVID came and nobody talked about women empowerment. And then there was the Me Too movement, that was ugly. And then there came the backlash to the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And then Google, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, served me to a woman-hating group. I woke up one day, I had literally 30,000 views on my YouTube channel, over a thousand comments, including doxing and death threats. And it got to be so bad that I had to say, what am I doing here? Um, this is not something that's resonating with me at this moment in time, because I felt I had to justify my right to even exist to, and I was consistently served to a group of people that gave the engagement that Google and the advertisers want, but didn't bring me joy. Yeah. And so I had to go back to the drawing table and say, maybe I have to give myself a reality check. 
And I think that's what's happening a lot right now in the souls of many businesses is that is what I'm doing still relevant to what the market has changed into? Now, you and I, we've both been in business for decades. So it's not that something's happening that we haven't seen. It's cyclical. You know, it comes and goes. So it's just a different wave we are riding on again. So fine. So nobody talks about women empowerment right now. What does it mean for me? What do I like to do? I like building things. I like, I like people that have crazy ideas to, to get this idea out in front of people and articulate it and formulate it in such a way that when somebody hears what they're saying after I work with them, they go, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. I just spoke to a, a new client and he has created a SaaS product. And his whole idea about it was that he wanted to help the Joes in the basement, the IT guys in the basement Mm -hmm. to get their life back so they could get out of the basement. And that resonated with me on a really, really fundamental deep level because I remember a particular instance when I was having a speaking engagement at Merck Pharmaceuticals and there was a party afterward uh, you know, for team building, I mean, party, you know, it's Mark, it's not yeah. party, party, but a get together. And I remember there's these two guys standing in the corner and they look completely out of place. And I walked over to them and I said, hi, you know, I, I'm been the, the keynote speaker here today. How are you doing? And they said, well, we are the guys in the basement. And so when he said to me, the Joe's in the basement, mm-hmm. I had an actual visual of those two people that were so awkward and you know, I said, so what do you think? They said, we didn't even know our team was this big because we never get out of the basement. And for me to help somebody who's identified something so kind of like minuscule or crazy or not, I mean, who's ever thought about helping Joe in the basement to have a life? I mean, yeah. I mean, isn't he in the basement for a reason? But when he said that, that's something that I'm really interested in. And I'm interested in this. And that's, that was the conversation that was in my head. Why? Why does this interest me? Mm-hmm. Because it will make an impact to a group of people. And then what is that? What, what's that worth? If we help 10 people, 20 people, 50 people, 100, 1,000 people whose job is in the basement and they're resigned to it because they happen to be in this kind of technology-driven business where the server room has to be where it's the coolest, which is underground. Yeah. And... Then as I got deeper into it, I said, I, I want to make an impact. The money, I think, comes secondary because if you make an impact, the bigger your impact, the more money you will be making. Yep. But I felt in my, in my soul, no, no pun intended here, but I felt in my soul that, that I wanted to stay in that mission-driven language for my mm-hmm. business. Spot on. Now, um, yeah, the idea, yeah. I'm going to just drop a couple of nuggets in here. And then I've got a question that I want to bring up here. Um, folks, as you're listening here, I, I want you to pay attention to, to what she speaks about, what Beate is actually talking about here. You know, um, People Hum named her one of the top 100 global thought leaders on the planet. You know, global and planet kind of go hand in hand there. But HuffPost also said she's one of the, mo- uh, one of the 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs. Beate's, you know, this this whole idea of being mission driven, mission focused, touched by mission, touched by soul, moving. Um, in a past life, you were a photographer, and 
you know, your initial business was organized around photography, if I, if I remember correctly. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the company, you, you, you sold it to Bill Gates, a uh, multimillion dollar exit. I've got a question here because beauty comes to mind. And from a leadership perspective, I've always thought that leadership that is beautiful is probably the best aspiration that I could actually put in front of myself as the owner of a business is to be able to lead from a context of beauty and elegance kind of comes into that also minimal unintended consequences. And when you, when you talk about impact, yeah, leaders have impact. And unfortunately, most leaders I work with, they've got to go back and clean up after themselves as a consequence of the impact that they've had. It's anything but elegant. With the uh, work that you're doing today, uh, how does the concept of elegance or beauty actually come into play when you're working with people? Well, we must be reading the same books because elegance and beauty is a spiritual concept of um, Mm -hmm. if it's not beautiful, why waste my time? Yep. I, when I, when I, when I took this particular office, I, I had, I had a very clear vision. I needed a room for my, my videos and to do my podcasts. I needed a room that had light where I could have clients. It needed to be beautiful that when people come in, the first thing that they do is like, oh, this, this is really beautiful. So that they feel that they have an emotion. I do believe that beauty Beauty is an important concept because if you surround yourself with beauty, you will attract more beautiful things. I have a client who is a uh, is one of the top injectors in Los Angeles, beauty injectors for Juvederm Botox. He does like all the celebrities. And when we were going over the core values of the company, I said, there's only one. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So... Are the employees behaving beautifully? beautifully? Is what was said beautiful? Are you dressing beautiful? Did you handle that beautiful? Did you pick that thing up from the floor? That was beautiful. Did you leave it on the floor? Not beautiful. Did you gossip? Not beautiful. Did you compliment each other? Beautiful. So we kept it to literally that one word beautiful because it was so, and then he, you know, and then he created t-shirts and all it says is beautiful. And, and, and when people see that and they walk in, they immediately have a smile on their face because it, it is a reminder that we are in a beautiful world and that we're surrounded by beautiful things and we can create beautiful things. So beauty to me, you know, when people say good enough, there's a level of good enough for me. So mm-hmm. I cannot do a mediocre product that looks okay. Yep. Good enough still has to have a certain level of beauty so that when somebody sees it, that they feel that I put energy and effort in designing this. So when they touch it, they go, this makes me feel beautiful, important, and yeah. not like, oh, okay. I remember I signed up once for a program, and I think I spent like, I invested $8,000, and I got, I got a, a coffee mug. That was not beautiful. <laughs> nope. For $8,000, a coffee mug? Seriously? Yeah. So, you know, I have, you know, and for those of you who are watching this, I have 
I created a box for my for my you know my materials that I send out because the first impression I want everybody to have when they get something from me they go oh that's that's beautiful so yeah. I I feel that in 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 spiritual teaching and I know you talk about this all the time Blaine yeah it is critical that it's beautiful it's beautiful to you so you want to touch it beauty is the soul being expressed I mean Thomas Troward you know yes. the Scottish philosopher Troward uh, yes no <laughs> uh, oh, yeah we, yeah. We we come from the same mother here. Um, I love Troward. And Troward and is not an easy read for all of you listening. Troward is I, I, not I, an easy I, read. I, yeah, I, I, I can't say you're gonna. It's gonna be a page turner. Uh, the, there's gonna be a lot of pauses you will be making. You go WTF? He just said. But yep. the deeper you go into it, then you say, well, it has a point. Is it beautiful? He and and he's got you know, one of his Edinburgh lectures was called Beauty and. Uh, I, I will give this out as an assignment as part of my leadership programs uh, because I want people to read this. I spent, I think, six months literally every day reading beauty. That was my reading practice in the morning. It was, I'm reading beauty today. Well, you read that yesterday. Yep, I'm reading it again. The, it was so deep, so dense, so filled with just unbelievable nuances of gold that I mean, I look at it as a consequence of that I look out you know outside my window into the Salish Sea here, uh, and you know the curtains are beautiful because the way they were designed, the soul of that curtain comes through i mean i 've got raw silk curtains that hang down in my office here i mean they, they are beautiful, and those sorts of things leadership is beautiful when it has minimal unintended consequences, it taps into the soul of the business it taps and one of the things you said. How people feel when they're in the presence of beauty. How do people feel about themselves when they're in the presence of you as a leader? That's a question that I think is fundamental that leaders need to ask. Do they feel as if they've been touched by beauty? I'm going to add something to that. Yeah. My father had a great thing that he said that took took me probably a decade to decipher what that meant. My father always said, that at the end of the day, you're going to have to like the person that looks back from the mirror at you. And I couldn't figure out what he meant. Uh And then finally, it dawned on me that before you go to bed and you're in the bathroom and you're whatever, brushing your teeth, washing your face, there's only you and your reflection in the mirror. And you can pretend all day long and you can walk on water because you're making millions and you're you're the person that gets it all done and everybody goes falls over and says you're so amazing but in that moment it's you and that reflection absolutely what do you see just that's all there is is just what's looking back that's at all me there is. I'm, that's I'm what you idea. go to bed with he always said <laughs> yeah carlos castaneda i think it was carlos castaneda um Yeah, and I forget what Journey to Ixlathan, I think is, you know, I I read Castaneda back when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And yeah, I came across this the other day. (laughs) The trick is, is yeah, what he said was the trick is in what one emphasizes. We either make ourselves miserable or we make Mm -hmm. ourselves happy. The amount of work is the same. So I can either be ugly or I can be beautiful. The amount of work is going to be the same. And oh my gosh, so true. Pe- people will be attracted to beauty. We're going to take a real quick pause here. When we come back, 
We're going to jump back into this. You, I caught you in mid-sentence here. I want to pick that up. Okay. I just we'll took a breath. I, I, I hadn't said it yet. I'm going to keep that oh, thought. Thousands <laughs> wouldn't believe you, but I sure do. <laughs> okay, quick break. The nature of life is evidenced in nature. Nature grows, and all of nature honors the desire to be more, to have more, and to do more. Life thrives when it's allowed to grow. And ideally, thriving is what we also, all of us, want to be able to do. Unfortunately, at some stage in life, most people find themselves settling into what I can only call a rut. And a rut is nothing more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. You want to quickly get out of any rut that you find yourself in. When you stop growing, that's when the coffin starts to appear. You know, the simple truth is this. And this is true for everything in nature. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Every one of us dies. So the question we need to come to grips with is not are we going to die. The question nature asks us to answer is are we truly living? That's what motivation is about. It's the desire to move. It's the desire to grow and to excel. Have I lived? How have I lived? I'd love for you to take advantage of my Leadership Mindset Masterclass. It's all about providing you with the tools to ensure thriving for yourself and for those around you. Register today to receive the free introduction video and find out more about this acclaimed program. You'll also receive a copy of my international number one bestseller, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. I'm Blaine Bartlett. And I look forward to helping you thrive. Welcome back, folks. Uh, talking with Beate Chalete here, and I, I caught her in mid-breath just before the break. You had something that you were going to add or something that you were going to you know, take us into another rabbit hole around. Yeah. Can you remember what that was? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do believe that as far as this concept of what we focus on expands is that there is this is really your lifelong ministry if if you want to ask my opinion and if you don't I'm going to give it to you anyway <laughs> is that the part of what am I focusing on because it is so easy that if I get up in the morning I take my phone and I don't do my mindset work but I check my phone and then I go to whatever news thing and I see this happened this happened this happened now I'm already starting a, a programming piece and then I check my email and then that guy didn't give me the refund, that email bounced. I woke up to a DDoS attack or whatever that's called where I had 52 hits on my website and then they put malware in it and, you know, and, and, and there you go. And then you're supposed to go in this beautiful world, with beautiful thoughts, make beautiful things happen. So mm -hmm. I do believe that in the recognition, you know, and in the mindset work, we always talk about gratitude. So you always step into gratitude. Yeah. Yep. I wonder what's in this experience. And if it's uncomfortable, that's where you need to lean into because that is where the opportunity is because we want to mm -hmm. run away from what's uncomfortable because we want to confirm what we already believe and stay in that mindset. But when we confront something, you know, and I see a lot of business owners when cash flow is not good, they just don't want to look. Yep. 
because they don't like what they see makes them feel bad. So they just don't look at all. But if that happens, then you need to go there immediately and address it and, and take care of what you need to be taking care of. So the concept of how do I live or how do I choose to live or what do I focus on, I think is an actual decision that you make. It is. But you have to make that every single day. And even in the relationship, and I catch myself all the time, I would love to say I'm Mother Teresa on all of this. I'm certainly not. And I'm like, oh, God, he didn't do the dishes again. Do I always have to? Uh, is that true? Yeah. No, because when I do the laundry, which is to me a lower level task, he's out there in the avocado tree on the ladder on one toe, you know, balancing act with the thing, getting these great avocados that we then have for breakfast. I don't want to be in the avocado tree. So, well, somebody has to do it and take these avocados down. So, well, he is doing his part. I just don't like doing my part. (laughs) And so I'm mad at him for doing something that I don't really like to do. So when I catch myself, I have to, I have to reframe that in my head. And the reframing, I think is also a super important concept line. The reframing. Now you've got, you know, quote unquote here, strategies, blueprints, and growth maps that provide clear steps to improve business systems. I'm taking this directly from your website. What are, yeah, cause I mean, I can so identify with that. I was asked the other day, what are some of the you know, strengths that I think I have? It was a self-assessment as a leader. Yeah. Name, name the five. And so I, you know, one of them that I put down was equanimity. Yeah. This is, this is something that I've cultivated in my life, just being able to be centered. Not always centered, but know where my center is so I can quickly come back to it. So that that experience of just settling. And I was telling my wife, Cynthia, about that. And she says, equanimity? Are you crazy? <laughs> and I thought, what do you mean? She says, yeah, that's not you. And what she was referencing was, you know, when I stumble on the shoes that she left in the middle of the floor or the toothpaste tube that got squeezed in the middle. And yeah, and those little things that you know, can kind of set us off in that that human moment. But what you're speaking to is I, I recognize when that happens and I can quickly come back. I'm not, you know, to your point, the Mother Teresa, whatever the male version of Mother Teresa is, uh, you know, St. Francis. Gandhi, I think. Gandhi, mm-hmm. Gandhi, Gandhi will work for me. Um, that's not who I am. And, uh, and, and I just started giggling. I just, I mean, I literally just started laughing. And, uh, and it's so true. Uh, and it is a strength. I mean, <laughs> I think it is a strength. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. But um, the idea of blueprint, the idea of mapping, the idea of having a way to get back on course, because we are going to go off, you know, quote, unquote, off course. I don't think we're ever off course. We ultimately, you know, all rivers flow into the ocean. But we eventually you will find that the obstacle is the way to you know, go back into some stoic philosophy. But what, you know, when you work with people, what are some of the, you know, the, fundamental strategies, blueprints that you might bring into the conversation with folks that you're working with? Yeah. So there really are three, three main things that I see that, that people need assistance or guidance in. One is the overall strategy in order to have a strategy of what the business does and where it's going, you need to have the goal. And I would not be surprised if you tell me that, 80% of your clients are very vague about what the actual goal of the business is because most people don't think about it because Mm -hmm. when you have the goal and you need to have the goal, 
and we know where we are today, that's a line. That's a, that's a plan that we can create because we reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. I give you an example to make this real. I talked to a woman and she had done a financial fitness online program. I said, how much is it? She says, $5,000. I said, is it online or guided? She says, it's online. Inside of myself, I'm thinking, that's that's bold to do as a relatively unknown person, a $5,000 online course alone on financial mm-hmm. fitness. I said, well, how many people do you want to take this? Millions. And then in my head, I'm going like, well, given the classic conversion rates that we're seeing for these types of things, which is what, like a percent, mm-hmm. in order for you to get a million people to buy that course at $5,000, which is on the higher end, you're going to have to spend X amount of dollars to get X amount of leads. Because if you need 100 leads to make one sale, and you want to make a million sales. I said, then I can tell you exactly how much money you're going to need in advertising spend to get the leads to get to that kind of conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And her eyes just exploded. And she says, what? I said, well, that's the numbers you just told me. I said, th- th- those are the realities of, of what that, if that's the goal, then we can, we, we, we can say that. But that's not what she was thinking. What she was thinking right. is that she's going to make some sales on social media and then somehow people would be so excited that they were doing all the work for her that she's the only one who doesn't need ads to bring something like this to market or events and i can tell you it isn't so so there is a part in how i help people to say okay well then maybe a million buyers isn't exactly where we should be starting maybe we should be starting with the first 500 and then we reverse engineer, what is the strategy to get there? How do you sell these 500? And then did you do a product market fit? Did you do a price analysis? So there are certain things that you need to do to make sure that what you're selling is the right idea at the right time. Why are you selling it? And is it the, and who are we selling to? And does the offer actually solve the problem this person has? Right. Otherwise, you're in phantom, phantom land, a phantom avatar with a phantom product resolving a phantom product that nobody even knows that they're having. And that means no sales. So one of the things, as I said, strategy, the other part is systems. Once we know where we're going and what the strategy is, then we know what we need to be automating. Then we can go in and say, here's the, you know, we have a podcast guesting, a podcast hosting strategy. We have an executive roundtable strategy. We have a speaking strategy. We have a, a, an ad strategy, which we don't do. We bring people in for that. So you want to be very clear. What is the strategy that you are deploying for that particular type of type of business? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is the authority. Well, how do you become the expert, the authority in that industry for this piece so that everybody says, well, when it comes to soulful leadership or soulful businesses, I'm going to blame. That is a whole authority building platform, you know, you have the podcast, you guest on podcast, you get the message out. That's all part of that strategy that requires systems because people have to follow systems to get you in front of the right people. And that's what I help business owners really figure out so that there's a vague idea of what are we doing? How are we doing it? That we look at this through my five star success blueprint, which is my proprietary method on how I diagnose where what is and then I help them to complete the pieces so that they then have a, a well 
running well-oiled machine. Beautiful. I could do this forever. Uh, <laughs> this. <laughs> um, I'm going to have you back on the show if you're willing, uh, but I, I do have to you know, start to bring it to a close here. Uh, I also, I, we've got a couple of other shows that I'd love to have you on uh, with my uh, partner, David Meltzer, uh, our, you know, our office hours and, uh, show in particular. I love David. I've been on, uh, I've been on office hours, I think once. Oh, yeah. you have. Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's well, a great guy. Yeah. Well, he love is. David. Uh, yep. He's, uh, his energy he, is ridiculous. Oh, it's, it's gosh. He's like a bouncing ball. I know he is. He really is. Yeah. He, and he's a true mensch. He truly is. And every, every positive attribute of that word. I love this guy. Anyway, yes, that being yes. said, we will get you back on the show again. And, uh, yeah, maybe even on the Apple uh, show with, with David and I, uh, our Apple uh, office hour show. I'm just kind of winging it right now, but I would love to see that happen. You are absolutely delightful. I love the way you think. I love the heart that you bring to what you bring. And uh, and what you bring is profound, uh, but it's got heart okay. in it, which is, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Where can people find out more about you, Beatrice? What you're up to. Yes. So before I, I, I say that, I want you all to please go to wherever you pick up the show and give Blaine a five-star review. Please leave a short comment. And the reason the comment is so important, because it gives a signal to the search engines and the algorithm that there's engagement. It's a good show. And then it gets pushed up so Blaine can help more people and bring the soulful message to more people and share this episode with one other person that needs to hear what we were talking about today. And with that being said, how you find me, if you have a business and you feel like there is a little bit of friction here and you don't know what, if there's a business growth blocker, go to our quiz, business growth blocker quiz, growthblockerquiz.com. And in about two minutes, you'll figure out what the blocker is, and then I'll send you a report to tell you what to do to remove it. And if you've heard something where you say, I want to speak to her, forget all the other stuff, go to uncoverysession.com and apply for a 15-minute uh, uncovery session with our business growth advisor. And then we get the conversation started and see how and if we can help you. And that's uncovery, U-N-C-O-V-E-R, un uncovery. Uncovery, yeah. So it's like uncover and discovery, marriage, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, living together, uncoverysession.com. And make sure you mention the show so you get priority treatment. Great, great. Folks, you've been listening to Beate, uh, and I have loved this show. I knew I was going to love it. I'm just aggravated that it's not going on longer. Uh, I wish we were sitting in the same room <laughs> with each other. You know, it's time for a glass of wine. <laughs> anyway, there you go. tune in next time, folks. Uh, check out my website, blamebartlett.com. Um, there's all kinds of freebies, uh, things that you can pay attention to. I've got suggestions for how you can do different types of things. So Feel free to just kind of poke around. Uh, and if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to ping me, Blaine Bartlett, uh, or bbartlett at avatar-resources.com. Uh, I'm always available. I can answer questions just about any time. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. And as you go forth into the rest of your week, because this is going to air on a Monday, uh, as you go forth into the rest of your week, find a way to be a center of distribution in your life, not a center of uh, accumulation. Yeah, nature doesn't work that way. Everything in nature is a center of distribution. Be natural. And I'll see you next time. Bye. 
Hi, I'd like to uh, ask you to do something for me, if you wouldn't mind. If you like this episode, I'd like you to uh, not only subscribe uh, on your favorite site, but I'd also like you to uh, give a rating. Uh, ideally, a, a five-star rating would be you know, greatly appreciated. But I think more importantly also would be just uh, some uh, comments. Uh, that helps with the algorithm and it helps build the, uh, the audience with this. And more than anything else, if you could um, invite somebody else to listen, just share this episode with a friend, with a colleague, and uh, I'd like to see how we can grow the soul of business. I think it makes a difference. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.